This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their What's up, y'all? Welcome into the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, we got another breaking news edition of the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Let's go across town to that home daycare center, get to the one, the only, Ryan Callahan. And if we're going to Ryan, I think y'all know why we're doing it. But uh, Ryan, will you go ahead and tell the good people why we got another breaking news edition of the Go Balls 24-7 podcast? Yeah, more recruiting news. It's been uh, it's been a busier than usual spring, and uh, and Tennessee now adding again to its 2023 recruiting class, adding four-star safety Sylvester Smith of Munford, Alabama. He picks Tennessee uh, on Tuesday afternoon during a ceremony at his school over Georgia, Auburn, and LSU. Uh, officially, the finalists. Yeah, had a, had a pretty long list of offers, uh, but really, I think you know Tennessee's been kind of the the, the clear favorite uh, for, for the past several weeks. They, uh, they did a good job of getting him on campus a few times this year. Uh, got him on campus in January. He visited again for a junior day back on March 5th. And then he was back in town uh, the weekend of April 9 for Tennessee's uh, alternate spring game or whatever you want to call it, uh, where yeah, they had whatever the spring that was. scrimmage. Yeah, yeah the, the spring scrimmage held in three different seasons of weather uh, on the practice field. Uh, but that weekend, he came in and actually played on the seven-on-seven team of Nico Iamaliava, the, the Tennessee quarterback commitment, uh, during a seven-on-seven tournament held out at Farragut High School that weekend. He, along with Tennessee safety commitment Jack Luttrell, uh, played on, on Nico's team and, and hung out for the weekend. And so that, that, I think, was obviously a good sign that Tennessee was already in good shape there. Um, but the, the, I think that, that junior day visit back in, in early March really kind of cemented Tennessee as one of the teams to beat, if not the clear favorite. And, and from that point, it, uh, it just kind of kept moving in Tennessee's direction. But uh, a, a nice pickup here at a position of need for sure. Uh, you know, Tennessee really needing to improve its depth and, and just overall quality of the, the roster at the safety position going forward. You got a few guys on the way out at that position after this year, presumably uh, with Jalen McCullough, Trayvon Flowers, uh, Cheyenne Labruza, all those guys, seniors. So uh, definitely a need for Tennessee to bring in some, some quality and some, some depth at that position. And I think you get both of those things for sure with the guy like Sylvester Smith, who plans to graduate in December and be on campus in January. As we see, as we see with so many players these days, he's, he's working to do that. So a nice pickup here early for Tennessee going into the state of Alabama again, uh, where they've had some success already under Josh Heupel and uh, and getting another quality player with a, a pretty good offer list. Yeah, the for the deets on uh, Sylvester Smith, who I really hope his nickname is Sly. I really want it to be. I don't know if it is, but I really wish he would he would go by Sly Smith. We'll work on that in the future. But the deets on him: five foot eleven, one hundred and ninety five pounds. As Ryan mentioned from Mumford, Alabama, which is Ryan did not mention in Talladega County down there in Alabama. So yeah. 
Uh, maybe it, it is. Yeah, it's right right down there next to the next to the speedway. And actually, it's a really tiny town. Mumford's only a town of like a thousand people. So, not, well, and not let a, me add this: uh, since since you brought that up, he, he, the reason uh, he initially planned, if you remember, to announce his decision on Monday, and it was pushed back a couple weeks ago to Tuesday. And the reason for that is his school is closed on the Monday after the Talladega races. So. That's why his ceremony had to be scheduled for this particular Tuesday. So that to give you an idea of just how close we are talking to Talladega. That's how close their school is closed when Talladega has a race there on Sundays. So they're they're afraid of all like the cheap beer cans that are going to roll on into campus. Or <laughs> I wonder. I wonder <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm curious, and I, I I don't hate NASCAR. I'm just having fun here. But seriously, this young man is uh, rated 147 overall in the 24/7 Sports Composite, where he's the rated uh, the 11th safety in the country and the number 13 prospect in Alabama. Also, as Ryan mentioned, a four star in 24/7 Sports ratings and. Uh, uh, th- this is uh, a kid, Ryan, who who on film, there's not a lot of him from last year. I think he, as you mentioned, I think to me before we started recording, he, he did play through an injury last year, but his sophomore year, the last year he was really healthy. He had some pretty good tape out that year, didn't he? He did, and that's, that's what made him uh, such a highly ranked prospect so far. A lot of that is based on how he looked during his sophomore year. Uh, you know, there, there may be some uh, – so some kids have some huddle video that's that's sort of available to like huddle subscribers where not the general public can see it. So I don't know if he has some that college coaches are able to get to, or if he just kind of scrubbed all of that and didn't post any of it anywhere. But but basically he he played most of last season, if not all of it, on an ankle injury that, according to his coach, really caused his film not to look anywhere near as good as his sophomore year. And so I think that's one of the reasons maybe his stock is not as high as it could be rankings wise and why he's outside the top 247 in 24 seven sports rankings, because you just haven't seen, uh, you know, the, the sophomore level tape hasn't, you haven't, you haven't seen improvement from that because there's not been a lot out there of him uh, over the past year. But I, when you look at a sophomore film projecting that to, you know, what could be uh, you know, the, the growth you see in a player between there and his senior year, you know, if he, if you take that tape and, and, and kind of project to the future, there's a lot to like on that tape. He, he's a, he's a pretty good looking player. So uh, if, if that's the case, and if that injury was all that held him back last year and his coach said, Hey, he's looking a lot better right now. I think he's going to have a really good senior year. Um, he, he looks like his old self basically. So if, uh, if that's the case, you know, I think this, this could be a, a sneaky good pickup for Tennessee and, and not, not really sneaky. He's a four-star for a reason. Right. But uh, I think in, in a way he could be ranked even higher and, and, and even more coveted by some other teams if that junior tape had been out there and if he had gotten to play healthy last season. So uh, this could be uh, you know an even better pickup than it appears to be in a lot of ways just because there's not a lot out there on him from last year and a lot of his most impressive tape was from when he was a sophomore. Yeah, that's interesting to me is that there's a couple things about that interest me. The first would be that you know, he, he did not put out much tape from his junior year because, maybe, you know, maybe for whatever reason it, it didn't look as good or, or, you know, his ankle was hurting. But he was good enough as a sophomore that tape that, you know, this little guy's got 30 offers. I mean, so whatever you did as a sophomore, it looked pretty good. Uh, there's no question about that. But what I really like, Ryan, is that this is a kid who in this day and age, again, and, and I'm not I, – I'm not – you know, uh, what's the word here? I'm not, uh, what's the polite way to say? I'm not defecating on the young men who decide to, to put themselves <laughs> first and not their, not their team. But in this day and age, especially you see more guys kind of looking out for number one. And if they're not able to really play as well as they can play, uh, you know, they, they just, they'll, they'll rest, right. They won't play. This is a young man 
who said, screw it. I'm going to go help my team. Like my ankle sucks. It hurts. I'm not playing my best, but I'm going to go help my team. And, and I have to think that while the ideal situation would be him being healthy and looking even better as a junior than he did, than he did as a sophomore. But when coaches talk about things like those intangibles, I have to think that a coach, you know, a guy like Josh Heupel, guys like Willie Martinez, Tim, Tim Banks, those kinds of guys, they probably like that he played through that, don't they? I, that, that's an interesting point you make, and I think it kind of goes in line with uh, some of the things I've already heard about his character off the field. Uh, I, I know what people might think, you know, when you talk about a kid's character and you start with that pretty early, that often means a player's not that good talent-wise, right? That's not what I'm saying here at all. But just to, just to throw this in there early on, because I think it's worth noting, Heard a lot of good things about Sylvester Smith, the kid, uh, as his coach said, kind of the things that people do when no one's watching um, that, that kind of get back to coaches and teachers and things like that. Uh, you know, defending kids who are getting picked on, you know, maybe things like that. Uh, you, you, I, I've already picked up on some of those things about Sylvester Smith and just kind of the type of kid he is. So uh, I think that, you know, that mentality of, of playing through an injury last year, like you talk about, which not every kid would do. You're right. I think a lot of kids would sit out in a situation like that junior year is very important for getting evaluated uh and so for a kid to to play through that and just tough it out and do what he can to help his team uh when he he knows he's not looking his best out there and it could hurt his stock a little bit as a prospect that 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 fits right in line with what i've heard about him off the field so i think tennessee you know we hear it a lot with some of these guys that tennessee has gotten the the past couple classes in particular but Another another good character kid, I think, that's going to fit in really well with a lot of the players already in Tennessee's class and, and certainly on their roster. Yeah, and that's not necessarily – I think you make a good point there, Ryan. When when people – there will be people who roll their eyes when character is one of the first things you, that you mention. But I go back to a different sport. Um, and when Conzo uh, Martin was Tennessee's coach and got a commitment from Josh Richardson, and the very first thing he talked about was he was like, man, you're going to like this kid. Everybody's gonna like this kid. There's not. There's nothing to not like about this kid, and it's gonna. It's gonna make him a better basketball player in the long run. And you know what? He was exactly right uh, because no one that I know of has said anything bad about that guy. And look where he's developed himself into a player. You know, in the NBA, who's had a good career, making lots of money. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like if you're just so unbelievably better than everybody else, it doesn't matter really. In in some ways, what that you know, what some of those intangible things are. But for most people, it absolutely matters. And I, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. In fact, I think that if you go and look at it, Ryan, guys like, you know, the Nick Sabans of the world, their recruiting profiles that they give for their assistant coaches are more extensive than any I've ever seen. And those things you talk about, like the way they treat people who get picked on, the way they, you know, do their, you know, they don't just go talk to the teacher, they'll go talk to the janitor at the school, like other people, like, hey, what do you know about this kid? Like they get really in depth on this stuff because that kind of stuff matters. They do. Uh, you know, his, his coach mentioned to me recently, you know, that uh, Sylvester's the kind of kid who will, who will call him, you know, to, to, to tell him something that he forgot. And like, not, not many kids are doing that. Not many kids are calling their head, their head coaches to, you know, remind them of something or tell them something important. They might, they might send a text at most, but he, you know, he's basically, he's a thoughtful, considerate kid that, uh, that has been a you know, team first kind of guy and, and has, has the mental makeup to be a successful player at the next level. And that is a big deal because some kids don't make it because they don't have the right mentality, the right mental makeup. So, uh, I think that's, that's important. I, th I think you like that. He's going to be an early enrollee too. Uh, you know, we'll see how he looks as a senior, you know, if he, if he does look a lot more like the player that we saw, on film as a, uh, when he was a sophomore, but if he looks like that type of player and then you get him in there uh, in January and give him a chance to, to get acclimated, Hey, this, 
that this could be someone that, that maybe helps Tennessee early, but uh, you know, definitely some versatility that, that you see in his skill set. Uh, you know, he's, he's around 5'11, 190, 195 pounds. So already a good size safety. Um, but a guy that, you know, maybe could help at nickel and certainly has the, you know, kind of the, the nose for the ball, the, the ability to deliver a hard hit, this, you know, strong tackler, uh, and, and also pretty good ball skills too, uh, down the, down the deep part of the field in the middle there. He, he is, uh, not the fastest safety necessarily, but people shouldn't take that as, as meaning he's a step slow either. You know, I think most safeties are where they are because they, not, not every safety, because, because they don't run as well as corners. Exactly. I was going to say most, most safeties are there because they don't have necessarily elite speed, but he, he, his, he plays fast. And that to me, I, I look for that at the safety position as much as anything. If you, if you get to the ball fast in, in 10 yards, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter how fast you run 40, right? You know, it's always good to have that, but uh, you can run a four, six and be a really fast playing safety. Uh, and I don't know what he runs just to be clear, but just saying that in, in general about, about safety. So I don't necessarily expect to see four, four guys there, Occasionally you do, but usually safeties are going to be a step slower than corners. And that's probably the case here with Sylvester Smith, but it, you know, good, good playing speed. And I think that's what you like to see at that position. So there, there's a lot to like there and, and some versatility and, you know, still a guy that, that could get even bigger uh, and, and end up being a, you know, pretty hard hitting 200 or 205 pound guy that uh, that can be a nice player at the sec level. So like you said, 30 plus offers and some big programs among them, a lot, a lot of schools liked him certainly early in the recruiting process and even some over the past year that, that have continued to offer him. So uh, I'll, I'll be really interested to see how his stock, uh, whether his stock rises or, or stays about where it is during his senior year. But uh, I think there's, there's clearly a lot in his background and his, in his resume as a prospect to like, and, and, uh, and Tennessee clearly has, has made him a priority for the past several months and uh, actually gave him a, an early offer under the former staff too. So this is kind of a long time target. Uh, for Tennessee that, uh, that that has worked out where uh, that early offer ended up being a guy Tennessee wanted. Yeah, before we go to break, I'll mention this. The, there are a few traits that just about every coach I've ever covered looks for when they're talking about personnel in the secondary, right? What do they want? They want versatility. You can't really – if you're only going to play one position, you better be elite at it. If not, you got to be able to play multiple spots. Uh, you have to have instincts. Uh, to that's obviously something that's crucial. Uh, you've got to have mental makeup, the mental strength to be able to handle sort of getting beaten occasionally and getting embarrassed like every DB in the history of the game has been. And you've got to have character because if a coach cannot trust a defensive back, he will not put that defensive back on the field because defensive backs who don't pay attention are defensive backs who lose you games. So the, 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 there's about four or five things there. There's a lot of boxes you got to check. Coaches are most of them are very, very particular about the kinds of defensive backs that they target at first. So if you're taking a guy this early, that probably means that he checks a lot of those boxes. So let, let's come back here. Let's take a quick break. We're overdue for one. We're going to step away, pay some bills, listen to product services, in-house things, et cetera. And then we'll come back and we'll hear more from Ryan talking about Sylvester Smith and Tennessee secondary class and what the Vols are going to do from here, perhaps. Hashtag ad. Money! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? 
And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ad you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from across town there at his home daycare center talking about Tennessee adding another commitment uh, to its football recruiting class. Sylvester Smith, a four-star safety from Munford, Alabama, which is in Talladega County, vroom, vroom. Lots and lots to talk about with this young man. We spent a good portion of the time in the first segment talking about him. We're going to do it a little bit more and expand on it a little bit here in the second segment. But before we do that, just a quick reminder, uh, a quick request, if you will. Guys, take about, if you could, please, take about 60 to 90 seconds out of your day right now. Please go in there and subscribe to this podcast. If you're just listening on the website, we love you. There's nothing wrong with that. But what really, really helps us out is if you hit that subscribe button, whether it's on um, you know Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod, you can find this GoVols 24-7 podcast. So please subscribe, rate, and review. That helps us add more wolves to the wolf pack. That helps us grow this thing, and that's what it's all about. So if you're already doing that, we love you. Thank you. If not, go yourself. That's that's uh, that's the policy until someone tells me that I can no longer do it. That is the policy. Ryan, with, with Tennessee, when you look at sort of – I don't want to get into specific numbers because these things are always sort of in flux, and, and you never know with – you know the there's like the portal these days, not just for now but for a year from now. It's kind of a madhouse right now. But speaking generally – in terms of numbers for Tennessee at the defensive back position in this class, what what's sort of a a working or flexible sort of target number that, that people need to be probably looking for? Yeah, I, th- I think this could be a bigger secondary class. I, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised at all if Tennessee signs, you know, six or so DBs. And, that, and as you said, that always could vary just depending on how things play out. If you get the right, player at a position that you just feel you can't turn down that can always cause you to go up at, at a different position where you don't expect to sign that many. Uh, and it could depend on attrition over the next year. And, you know, as you said, the transfer portal uh, changes a lot of these things more than it used to. So uh, yeah, working number, I'd, I'd say somewhere around uh, around six or so would be ideal. I think, I think you could certainly make a case for Tennessee to take three, three or so guys that, that play safety and, and probably three corners too. That's a position where, Frankly, they've they've kind of been kicking that can down the road a little bit, along with the defensive line for a few years now, going back to the former staff. Uh, they've really struggled to get the right number of DBs in any particular class, which is why you've seen them have to go to the transfer portal uh, a couple years in a row to to address the secondary. Uh, so they're you know they're 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 still working through it the best they can, but 
I still think ideally you would address that by signing more high school guys at some point. And so I, I think, you know, they, they already have Jack Luttrell in the class, you know, that so, uh, and they're not slowing down at that position. They're, they're in good shape with a handful of other safeties uh, or at least potential safeties uh, that they're recruiting in the secondary. So showing no signs of slowing down, it's going to be fascinating to see how they approach that position, how many of these guys they can, can, can get and how many they can maybe squeeze into this class. But yeah, I think there is a, a desire to, to, to build more depth and to kind of start to reshape the secondary a little bit after signing a few classes that were probably a, a little bit smaller than they should have been uh, in the defensive backfield. So uh, yeah, Tennessee in good shape with a couple early safety commitments and, and still a lot of work to do because there is so much uh, of a need for help uh, to, to kind of start rebuilding that secondary a little bit with some seniors on the way out. Yeah. Old, old Jack, good old, good old white lightning. It seems like he's been in the class for like 13 years now. It just it, in this day and age when things move as quickly as they do, it just feels like he's been there forever. It almost feels like he's on the team already. It's been so long. It's you know, <laughs> does it, I mean, because things move so instantaneously in this world, and kids, you know, commit and then decommit and then go somewhere else and then transfer and then portal and then do. I'm sorry, portal, 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 and then do all the other things that they do, and it feels like he's been there forever. But generally speaking, Ryan, I, and I don't, I know that it's more complex than this but if I'm Tennessee and I look at the way the safeties have performed maybe the past couple of years they've just got to get something right in that spot they need to get more dynamic in that spot and if to me you know you're you're always robbing from Peter to pay Paul right because if you take too many guys at one spot then you're leaving something else vulnerable and that's that's just the nature of things but I think it's so important in this sort of spread, go, go, go era of football, it's really important to be good on the back end. And Tennessee's been okay at corner, um, but Tennessee's just, in my opinion, and nickel they've been okay, really. They've just got to get better at safety. And if that means they got to take a few more guys to, to find some darts that are going to hit a bullseye, I got no problem with that. Yeah, I think you could certainly make the case for Tennessee to, if they're in position to load up in this class in the secondary, to to try to do that this year. Now you've got the problem is you you have needs across the board. You know yeah, you still are, are are replenishing the depth chart at, at running back. You know in the offensive line you need numbers there. Uh, defensive line again, that's one they've they've con- continued to kind of kick down the road a little bit. Um, they're you know they're 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 getting in good shape at edge rusher. Uh, certainly already having Caleb Herring in the class signing a couple of good ones last year too. Uh, and then, you know, linebacker, that's a position where everyone uh, in the fan base seems to be asking, you know, for more linebacker help. They're so, not wrong. So really they're not, not wrong either. Yeah. So there, there's so many positions you need to address that, you know, will they be able to load up that way in the end? You know, only time will tell, but I think, I think you certainly can make a strong case for them to, to take as many of those guys as they can squeeze into this class. And, and as Josh Heupel said, uh, not too long ago, one of these big orange caravan stops, you know, a fan asked about how many, uh, they they would be able to sign in this uh, in this 2023 class, and he said we'll be able to take a full class, uh, and, and still to be determined how the you know if the NCAA will will give these extra spots uh, you know that they they had for this year that kind of allowed people to replace players they lose in the transfer portal. Uh, you know, I've mentioned before that will ultimately impact numbers if they mm-hmm. if they get a chance to do something like that where they could add up to seven spots to their class essentially if you lose uh, seven guys via the transfer portal after the fall semester. If they get that option again, you know, Tennessee could be looking at signing 25 high school players. And that that wasn't an option this past year. They only ended up with 21 uh, high school or, or junior college players in this past class. So 25 would be a big deal. And it would it would go a long way toward letting Tennessee 
sort of replenish those numbers if they can handle it that way and not have to worry about, you know, saving some of those 25 spots for the transfer portal potentially. Yeah, it's and I don't want to say that it's that they've been terrible there. I just they've not been really dynamic at safety. It seems like they're just kind of being average there most of the time. And it's not like everybody. I mean, there's not even like there's a lot of pretty good NFL teams that don't have like, you know, game changing safeties. There's just not like a ton of those guys. But if you get the chance at getting one, if you got a chance to develop one, it really changes the complexion of your defense. And Tennessee, it just seems like it's been a while since it's really had that kind of guy. And, and they've had better luck there in the past in, in a way than they have at cornerback. You know, I've, I've talked about it for a while on, on the checkerboard on Govals 24-7, how the cornerback spot has been so tricky for Tennessee to land elite prospects over the years. I mean, I, I went back recently. I was kind of digging over it. And, you know, some of the highest-ranked players Tennessee signed at that position in recent years include guys like, Marquill Osborne, who, who were never a factor, you know, so, so they, they've just, they've not had a lot of luck signing big time corners at safety. It's a little bit different. You know, Eric Berry was a big time cornerback prospect who ended up being more of a safety at the college level uh, that worked out. Jansen Jackson was a highly ranked guy that, that ended up at safety. Um, so they, they've had and, some and, and was good over and, and was good at the actual football part of things. Yeah. Right. So uh, yeah, Demetrius Morley, plenty, plenty of talented guys they've gotten in the secondary have been more safeties at the college level uh, than, than at the cornerback position. So, uh, so that's, that's a position where, yeah, you're right. They, they need to get better there. They've had some, some solid recruiting wins at times over the years, but it's been a little more hit and miss in, in recent years. So uh, they've got to get back to, to filling that spot with some good players. And it's an important position, as you said, uh, to, to continue to getting, getting more athletic there. I think that's the big thing with this, this class, you know, they've, they've had some solid football players there, uh, but got to got to get more speed to keep up with today's receivers and, cover the deep part of the field and I think they're they're certainly working on doing that with this class yeah because if you stop and think about just being at a football practice like a Tennessee one like even you know 15 years ago or 10 years ago and and to now uh, just the average speed I mean they're always like the Pattersons and those guys who are you know, hunters who are just freaks but you know just like the average receiver now is such a ridiculous athlete more so than than he was even in recent years and they're getting bigger and taller you see like these six four six five six six receivers and they can move too and they can leap and it's just getting harder and harder to get defensive backs who have the size and the quickness and all those you know sort of intangible mental things that you need to be able to handle that because a lot of those guys we talked about it before we don't need to harp on it but a lot of those guys who used to play like small forward in basketball they're now playing wide receiver or tight end in football and they're causing all kinds of problems for defenses and it's just Ryan it seems like it's hard to find guys that can handle those kind of guys absolutely and that and that goes into what you know I think fans maybe sometimes get frustrated by hearing this trying to figure out where guys project in the secondary but Willie Martinez is is big on this and, and other secondary coaches in some places are too just recruiting guys who can play all over the secondary and maybe you have a primary position in mind for guys but you don't always know until you get them on campus and Christian Charles is a great example of that you know a guy that Tennessee's old staff, I think, brought him in with the idea that, hey, maybe he can play corner, uh, but we'll see when we get him here, basically, because he'd mostly played quarterback in high school. He gets on campus. He ends up moving to safety pretty quickly under a new staff. And, you know, this this spring when Tennessee needed some depth at corner, they move him over to corner. It helps to have guys like that who can do different things in a pinch uh, and gives you more options. And your safeties have to be able to cover man to man. It's not like the old days where you have uh, safety is just playing in the box and, you know, attacking the line of scrimmage because teams are running the ball. Most of the time you, you've got safeties in man coverage against slot receivers and things like that, where 
you're one mistake or one one slow uh, safety away from uh, getting exposing coverage from giving up a touchdown. Uh, so it's it, it's important to have guys who can do a lot of different things and, and and play play well in man coverage. And and that's you don't do that by just signing you know an in the box safety who who can't can't keep up with those guys. You got to have someone who can do a little bit of everything back there. And and Ryan, I guess before we leave, just last thing: Are there any guys to watch here in the next sort of recent? You know, just in, in terms of, and if there's not, there's not. But any guys who over the next few weeks or so who are sort of big targets, guys that Tennessee is is looking to make a move on, guys in the secondary, anything like that. Since we're talking about the secondary in this episode, I think it's probably the right question to end on. Yeah, what one uh, one worth watching in the coming weeks? Uh, Zabari Sandy out of out of Washington D.C. He uh, visited Tennessee uh, just recently during. Uh, toward the end of spring practice and, and is closing in on a decision he plans to announce on May 8th. Uh, Tennessee and South Carolina, two of the main contenders for him. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that one shakes out down the stretch. He's one of several options Tennessee has at safety, as I mentioned before. You know, does he end up being one, one of the guys they, they really want uh, with already having two, two safety commits now in the class? Uh, or, or do they, they hold back with some other guys like John Slaughter out of the, the Memphis area on the Mississippi side? Um, also being a very real option for Tennessee. Uh, also Zach Myers over in Western North Carolina at Christ School, uh, where, where, where they've got some ties to Heath Shuler uh, and obviously Navy Shuler that, that played there a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, ha- having a guy like that who's now reclassified to the 2023 class and is a four-star uh, in, in 24-7 sports rankings. Uh, so several, several options still at safety on the board. Dakari Nelson that announced the top six uh, that includes uh, Tennessee here just this week. So uh, they've got several good options there, and we'll see how that shakes out. But but Sandy would be the next one to watch, announcing on May 8th. Uh, and then overall, another another target that we know is announcing fairly soon, uh, four-star running back Dante Dowdell, who, who uh, visited Tennessee back in uh, at the end of spring practice as well. He uh, He's planning to announce the decision on May 13th as of right now. So those are a couple uh, coming up. And then otherwise, I, I think a lot of the focus will be on the transfer portal. Tennessee looking to fill some additional transfer spots as we as that May 1st deadline looms for players to enter the portal. We've already seen some guys enter the portal that I think Tennessee is interested in. And then some others still could enter the, the portal in the coming days as, as Tennessee looks to fill some spots going into this fall. So still plenty happening. Uh, coaches on the road for the spring evaluation period. That always could sh- uh, speed up some things, but that's kind of the main thing or those are the main things I would say uh, to, to watch. What, one other thought on uh, on quickly on uh, Sylvester Smith. Uh, you know, the Tennessee. I I wondered if we would see Tennessee remain as active in the state of Alabama after Jeremy Pruitt's departure. We saw that's that a good that point. staff that's really. A we saw them really recruit that state uh, heavily uh, under Jeremy Pruitt's staff, and it really hasn't slowed down at all. And I think that might be a surprise to some people under Josh Heupel's staff. You know this. Most of his staff doesn't necessarily have deep ties in the state of Alabama, but they've got a couple guys who do, and Rodney Garner, uh, and then Lavorne Harbin, the uh, the defensive analyst who uh, who works closely with, closely with Garner there on the defensive line, and was also at Auburn previously. Uh, a lot of people know him as Coach Chop, uh, but those two guys both have some some deep ties in in the state of Alabama that have helped Tennessee, I think, remain relevant there. Uh, and then they've got other guys on the staff who have recruited there in the past too. So. Uh, they've done a pretty good job there in that state, and and this you know signed two players there in the 2022 class. Squirrel White being one of them, obviously a big pickup. Jordan Thomas at safety, the other, and now going back to the state of Alabama and getting a four star. So a lot of people say, you know, why waste your time in Alabama when when Alabama and Auburn are going to get their uh, their lion's share of the players? But this is a pretty deep class in Alabama, and Tennessee getting a guy like this in April 
this is a nice pickup that shows you it's it's not a complete waste of time to to recruit that state pretty heavily and, and this state's this staff has some ties uh, that have certainly given them a chance to to have some success there and and we're seeing them kind of follow up on what the previous staff did in that state and i think that's probably a pretty good place to leave it thanks ryan appreciate it man yeah thanks wes and there's the button and now i can say guys thank you for listening to this edition of the go vols 24 7 podcast as always we always say it but we always mean it thank you Thank you, thank you. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker, 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan, 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown, 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want uh, just Tennessee news in your feed, nothing else, get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247, and you can get tons of stuff there throughout the day, all day, every day. But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the tap, Go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internet to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, uh, baseball, tons of stuff going on there these days, obviously. Lady Vols coverage, where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job all year covering all things Lady Vols for us all the time. we got two forums that run around the clock 24-7, as the name suggests. we got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can discuss Anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with Tennessee fans across the world, pretty much every freaking time zone that exists. We've got somebody there. We got people up at different hours of the day. We got all kinds, any time of day, anytime you go there, you're going to find a bunch of people on there talking Tennessee athletics, talking SEC stuff, talking pro sports, talking life, advice with kids, what to get spouses for their for anniversaries, uh, lawn maintenance. Oh, just you never know what people are going to be talking about on there. And it'll be anything that's not political or religious in nature. Anything else right there on the board for you to discuss. And you can get all that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month after a seven-day free trial. That is all that it costs. And after you pay or get that seven-day that seven free trial, after that, you get us that, that low rate. That's one mediocre lunch per month. But you don't just get GoVols 24-7 with that. You get access to Paramount Plus with that for free in perpetuity. You also get access to a growing behemoth of a streaming platform that has every show CBS has ever done commercial-free. Tons of exclusive stuff uh, that you can only find like you know 1883, Picard, Evil, Star Trek. All kinds of stuff that you can only find on Paramount Plus. You got new movies. You got classic movies. Old blockbuster franchises. You know, comedies, dramas, horror, everything. Stuff for the kids. All of it, all of it, and stuff from the archives of, uh, of CBS, obviously, and MTV, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, Smithsonian, all of it, all of it, right there, something for the entire family, and live sports, SEC sports, NFL sports, uh, you got UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, Serie A, French soccer, uh, PGA Tour, you get everything on there, and we, you get all of that, and our site, all of it, for just about a hundred bucks and change a year. One of the best deals you can possibly find. And if you don't do it, I don't know what's wrong with you. Go do that. Don't be a fool. Go do that. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from, hear from us in a few days. So until then, uh, try to be good to each other. Try to have basic human empathy for, for people out there in the world. There's not enough of that these days. There's too many a-holes. We don't need that. Be good. See you.